Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com slash give. Enjoy the message. We are uh, in this series where we're looking at love, dating, and marriage. And now if you are single, you missed the first week, that was all for you. We looked at dating and finding the right one, uh, for you at least. And then last week, uh, what we've been doing is going through the traditional marriage vows. And as we've been doing that, uh, we've, we've really uh, looked at, for better or for worse, what happens when you hit a crisis or when there's uh, something that happens, a conflict in a relationship. Uh, really, whether it's a crisis or the conflict, the solution is often uh, really the same. And today, we're looking at the positive part. Why, why would you want to be married in the first place. And I know that for some of you, you're saying, hey, I'm single, I'm happy, and that's great. But most of us at some point uh, will uh, be married, and there's really some great things in a marriage, and we usually hear all the bad news and not the good news. And so what I want to do is I want to focus uh, on the good news. I was thinking about what do you want in a marriage relationship? Uh, you want uh, loyalty, you want companionship, and then as I went through the list, I'm like, I think I'm describing my golden retriever right now. Uh, we want more than that. We want an intimacy. Uh, now, each week we've had a little fun with some of the, uh, some of the parts of a marriage ceremony. We looked uh, at the actual ceremony itself. We looked at the vows last week. And these are some, uh, I thought they were sort of humorous wedding toppers here uh, that you have that. That's a great one. Uh, and, then, and then this one... Uh, that's great. You know, a little reluctant. And this is a disaster wedding cake. Isn't that awesome? And then uh, finally, this one here, she wins, which, by the way, that's what marriage is. So <laughs> now it, it didn't take me uh, a lot of time to choose the scripture. Uh, the first week I looked at the Proverbs and what do the Proverbs have to say about a marriage relationship? Last week it was Matthew 19 where Jesus addresses God's original intent. Now, the, this part of the marriage vows is actually based on Ephesians 5. And so we've looked at that uh, previously together, but we're going to look at it again because that, it, this comes right from Ephesians 5 in the Bible. Uh, here's what it, it says. It, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. However, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And so the goal here is pretty great. The goal is mutual submission. By the way, that's what it's about. There's a role. There's a role for men and women in marriage. But we mutually submit to one another. We love each other. And there's that respect, that radical respect that is honoring. And you may say, hey, Ben, I've been married before, and that's not what my marriage was like. Well, we're going to look at not what maybe uh, something in the past didn't work out to be, but more what something can be in a marriage relationship. There's a great example in the Bible in Luke 1, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, we find uh, in the Bible. These are the parents of 
John the Baptist. And as I've said before, that if you're new to church, this is not a denomination. It's not like, you know, he was the first Baptist that ever lived. He was someone who baptized people. And uh, his parents, though, uh, initially they were unable to conceive a child. In fact, as you read this account, and I encourage you to do so in between the lines, uh, some of the, the depth of what they had to go through emotionally that they, uh, they weren't able to have a child. In an ancient culture, if you couldn't have a child, uh, they, they would really often, the couple would break up. It would be uh, a horrible thing for them. That was seen as the highest value of marriage. But they stuck together through the disappointment, through the discouragement. When an angel of the Lord came to Zechariah, he was worshiping God still. He didn't give up on God. Uh, the angel comes to him and uh, he... The angel says, you're going to have a child. And Zechariah is like, Zechariah and Elizabeth were about as old as that couple in the video we saw. And he's like, you know, hey, this is not going to happen at this point. Uh, and uh, the angel said, yeah, it's going to happen and gave a sign that he said, here's a sign. You won't be able to speak until the child's born. And so uh, imagine that Zechariah comes home. Uh, he can't speak anymore, and Elizabeth thinks this is the Lord, and so she's fairly happy about that. And uh, no, I'm just reading between the lines there. Uh, but they 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 hold in, and they hold on to each other, and they hold on to their faith in God. And my hope is more than anything that's what you'll do this morning uh, as we consider what God has for us. See, a happy, satisfying marriage it takes effort and intention. It takes us to, to move forward. Uh, and we don't, you know, we may fall in love, but we don't stay in love unless we make that choice to stay in love. There's a lot of metaphors used in scripture for how we invest in a relationship and in life. And in fact, Galatians 6, 7, it says a man reaps what he sows. And uh, our metaphor would be different today in, in ancient culture. 80, 90% of the people were farmers. Uh, most of us aren't farmers, but how many of you have planted something and watched it grow? How many of you have done that? That's great. I'm not going to ask you what because it's Washington State, but you did. You planted something and you watched it grow and you knew that that process took a little bit of time. It took effort and intention that you would uh, see it. You would see uh, the plant grow as you watered it and fertilized it. And for many of us, we will not see the fruit of a marriage relationship unless we give it the proper time and attention uh, that God wants us to. In fact, the greatest years in a marriage relationship are often the later years. So uh, as we're looking at this today, and I'm considering how to live out, love, honor, and cherish, I didn't want to do this message alone. And so my wife, Terry, is going to come up. She's spoken a number of times and helped me uh, with the message uh, as we share it together. Can you give her a hand? Now, we're going to have to put a lot of energy into this one. Because these are all the people who didn't get tickets to the Seahawks game. <laughs> That's right. And so uh, they're a good group of people, but they're a little angry and bitter about it. <laughs> now nah, you made a good choice. This is a good place to be today. Yeah. And Terry actually used to uh, work uh, on the staff of, of this church and the church I served at previously uh, before she worked about 10 or 12 years in the engineering field and then uh, recently has gone uh, back to work in, uh, in industry again. Uh, something about a difficult boss or something like that? 
It's a really hard boss. I had to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, that's it. It's uh, great to be here today. And, you know, Ben and I have uh, shared a couple times. I'm not up here very often, but we've talked about marriage and relationships a few times in the past. And uh, we've kind of focused, honestly, in the past about maybe some of the things that we haven't done as well. And today we're going to take a little bit of a different tact and um, talk a little bit more about the things that we've learned and the things that have worked, and uh, some of the things we've seen in, like, some of the relationships that we admire, some of the other marriages and things. So uh, that's where we're going to go a little bit today. Um, so over the last number of months, this was a big, big summer for lots of weddings for friends. So um, I got to go to a lot of weddings this summer, and um, I think every married couple should have to go to a wedding or two each year, because it was really great. It was, um, when you watch these new young couples standing before God and before their pastor and before their friends and family, um, making these vows and these promises to one another. Um, it's so good because it reminds you of where you started and how you felt about each other in the beginning and the promise and the, you know, the adventure that was ahead for you as a couple. And uh, I thought it was really, for me personally, it was very, very good to be reminded what, of that. About what the I said to you at the wedding. Yeah, so the last wedding I went to, it was one of actually one of our preschool teachers uh, that works here at the church, and she got married a couple weeks ago, and um, after the ceremony, which was beautiful, um, I was in the back just chatting with another couple who actually attends the church, and they're probably in the same life stage that Ben and I are, and um, so they've been married for a while, and he said, you know, I, I, I always get a little misty-eyed at weddings, and uh, he said, yeah, I said, me too, but you know why? It's because we know what those vows and what those promises mean. We know what that takes and the gravity that they hold. It's sort of like uh, I was talking to one of the ushers at the Saturday night service, and uh, I said, hey, hey, Chuck, how long have you been married? And he goes, 52 years. And uh, I said, would you have this whole thing figured out? He goes, I'm getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> so it really is something that you learn uh, over a lifetime. So if you're dating or you're considering being married, that's one thing. This will mm -hmm. be good for you. If you're early on, that's great. If you're years, you know, 20 to 30, that's a big transition. Some people don't make it through very well. And so I think there's uh, things for us to learn along the way. And so what we want to do is how do we live out love, honor, and cherish? How do we, how do we live that out uh, guided by scripture, but also in a practical way? And so uh, if you're a note taker, the first thing I would say is pay attention to everything. Uh, guys will often ask me, okay, so what's important? Everything is important. And because uh, I, I know we, we all like to skip a step, uh, but really it's noticing the little things that says, I care about you. It, really the, the details of life, that's why when you know what her drink at Starbucks is, and, and that just says, I notice uh, you. And for me, this uh, was hard. I, this didn't come naturally uh, because I get distracted. We'd be sitting at a coffee place and we'd uh, be talking and all of a sudden, you know, a car would go by with a West Virginia plate and we'd be talking. I'd go, hey, look, a West Virginia plate. I wonder if they drove from West Virginia. And she didn't appreciate the observation as much as uh, I did because she thought I should be paying closer attention. Uh, Absolutely. It, the wisest man who ever lived said, I applied my heart to what I've observed and learned a lesson from what I saw. People who are successful in marriage, in business, in finances, in life, mm -hmm. 
uh, uh, spiritually are people who can learn from other people. Uh, if you have to make every mistake on your own, uh, it's going to be a rough road for you. And, and, then, and then we want to like grow, grow together. Uh, we were talking about that couple uh, before. That you, you remember who I'm talking about when I we do. pastored in California? Yep, I sure do. The, the, uh, they had what the... What kind of shirts do they? They usually wore these cute little matching Hawaiian shirts, and they actually um, even dyed their hair the same color. It, it looked like shirt, the Joker. It was red. <laughs> it really did. And they drove this like big American car. It was super like two blocks long. They had flags above each of the lights. It was sort of uh, something between a presidential limo and what Boss Hog would have driven. And, uh, and I, I remember thinking, oh, they're sort of weird. And now I'm thinking like, hey, if we're going to get weird, let's at least get weird together, you know? <laughs> I'm not too sure I'm quite on board with that one, but you know. <laughs> We'll, we'll take it as we go. Uh, actually, they were very cute, though, together. You could tell they really loved each other. Um, you know, the, the truth is, is Ben and I have learned one of the keys is really to figure out how to enjoy each other mm -hmm. and uh, uh, just find ways to, to be um, and do things together that um, build our relationship. That's super important. Um, one of the, the pieces of that is definitely I've, I've learned uh, not to inflict my mood on him because uh, many times it has nothing to do with him, but I bring it to him and lay it on him. So uh, that's one of the things that I really learned in the last year or two is not to do that. And uh, in fact, you guys remember the, the old mood rings, you know, when it used to change colors supposedly with what you were feeling. And um, maybe, maybe every husband should be issued one of those, I don't know, for their wife. But uh, <laughs> one lady said, when I'm happy, my mood ring turns blue. When I'm not happy, it leaves a red mark on my husband's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a warning for all of us. <laughs> And it's important that, uh, and this leads to the second point, is to let your words and actions show respect, that it's not just what you say. Remember that the metaphor we used, sowing, that the Bible used, it's what you sow. Um, and that's true in any uh, relationship. Uh, Romans uh, 12.10, it says, be devoted to one another in love. And then the second part of the verse is even the most significant, honor one another above yourselves. If you will honor people, most people, there are some people who are pretty wounded or maybe they have some psychological problems and they won't respond in a, in a positive way. But that's a very, you know, someone has to be pretty broken to not respond well. But uh, people, if you show them honor, they will honor you. And usually what we're waiting mm -hmm. for is the other person to show honor first. And there's something honorable in each and every human being. No matter how uh, broken they are, no matter what poor decisions, and you find that thing uh, to honor, and God will work mm -hmm. uh, really in a powerful way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, let's move on to number three. <clears throat> when you think something good, say it. Isn't that kind of interesting that there's lots of times where we'll be, you know, I will think something positive about Ben, and I never really get around to actually sharing it with him. And um, I think if we can really um, choose to encourage uh, one another, there's, there's great power in that for our relationship. But if we don't, we can kind of endanger our relationship. Uh, it's not a, just enough to think it, we have to share it and say it. Um, you see, I've, I've heard a lot of Christian communicators maybe that talk about marriage and relationships, and they usually focus on, you know, we, today we're talking about love, honor, and cherish, and they'll talk about how husbands should cherish their wives. 
but I've not really heard very much on how wives were to cherish our husbands as well. And that seems um, a little odd maybe feeling um, because our guys are, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty tough and self, you know, taken care of and all that, but really they're not. You know, they need us. They need us to speak those words into their lives, to, to let them know that um, we care about them and, and we recognize their heart and we recognize um, just their different needs or what's going on and be understanding in that. And this bleeds into everything. And I think that we, we've had conversations where maybe someone will say, uh, in fact, I, I have had conversations and it's fairly obvious to me. Well, I wish my husband, usually it's husband, it can be, you know, where, where it's the wife, but that he would do better at work. And, uh, and I've seen the spouse just cut him down time and time again. And this is just true. If you never believe in Jesus, this is just true. If you're tearing him down, he'll have less confidence. And he'll probably uh, do less. He won't do as well at work. He'll get paid less, won't get promoted. And uh, one person in particular was, uh, this was a number of years ago, was saying that. I'm like... I can understand he's been so battered. So there, there will be a financial impact for not honoring. Your, your family will have less resources. I'm not one of these, hey, if you believe in Jesus, God makes you rich. But if you apply biblical principles, your life will do better. You will, do, you will get promoted at work. You will get raises. Mm -hmm. You'll do better because you're just simply living out uh, what the scripture says. By the way, at work too, have you noticed this? If there's no dishonoring your boss. No one ever gets promoted for, being, for dishonoring their boss, do they? Uh, but people who will honor, uh, and I'm not just talking about, you know, kissing up to them, but I, I'm, if you'll honor them, uh, you will do better in life. It says love builds up. And yeah, what if we were each other's best cheerleaders? You know, I think that could just change everything for sure. Um, let's look at number four. Serve each other without keeping score. So I don't know about you guys, but um, whenever we tend to argue, it doesn't matter what we're arguing about. It always degenerates into the who's doing more thing every time. I don't, it doesn't, we'll have nothing to do with that, and, and but that's was, where we go. You know, and it was so frustrating because I obviously did more, but I really didn't want it. Uh, uh, <laughs> so bad. Y'all, you see what I'm dealing with here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it's that, uh, you know, and we've been kicked out of marriage counseling twice, right? <laughs> so, so we actually have, you know, your marriage is pretty bad when you fail marriage counseling. And so uh, we were because the presenting issues weren't large enough for they're like, okay, you're really, you know, you're not, you know, the big issues that everyone's fighting about, none of these, you guys are in complete agreement, but it's like the little stuff is we are driving uh, each other uh, nuts. <laughs> and so uh, what we had is we had to, and we'll talk about that in the next point, how we had to let go of that. But part of it mm -hmm. was changing of our heart uh, towards one another. And uh, I remember God did something for me that I think was pretty powerful. And it totally was a God moment. Uh, you can apply all this stuff in this marriage series and your marriage will get better if you never believe in God or not. But this is the thing you can only do with God. And it's the most transformational. Uh, is I saw Terry laying in bed and I was just overwhelmed with gratitude. Saying, just thinking she's given the very best years of her life to me and to our family. And so the response might my nature, in a sense, changed because of that. Um, and if you have a hard time responding to uh, your spouse, if you have a hard time responding to God, 
That's why we don't do a lot of guilting around here. You need to, you know, if you don't serve more, there will be no one to take care of those little blessings from God who are running around the kids' area, <laughs> or if you don't give more. Uh, I always assume it's not understanding the depth of what Jesus has done for you. Because if you understand that Jesus, not only, he, he, he literally died on a cross. You can, we're taking a trip to Israel. You can, this is like all over history gave his life for you, but then God gives us the spirit and his love. When you understand the depth of what he's done, a response is natural and no one needs uh, to force it. Yeah. Really. And we don't do the whole keep score. We, we just decided, <laughs> hey, if you don't want to, no one's, I don't have to serve her. She doesn't have to serve me. Uh, but we just started doing that. I, mm -hmm. We talked about, I asked a couple weeks ago, why is our marriage like so much better than it's ever been. And I think this was part of it, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I, we just decided that those, those tally marks didn't matter anymore. You know, it just doesn't. Um, you know, I think uh, the next part is, is incredibly important as uh, we choose to ignore some things. Um, I tend to be kind of a nitpicker, and I would love to go down every list and choose everything and make sure we discuss every item. And you know, there's the big things that you have to deal with, you know, those big stressors, those important um, things that really affect your relationship. But there's a whole lot of stuff that we can just let slide, and we need to. Otherwise, we're going to drive each other crazy, you know, and that's, that's, that's not a good thing. Um, uh, and here's the whole thing is, is I'm using that word choose uh, very deliberately because we really do choose that. We choose to ignore some things. Uh, it's kind of the whole idea that, you know, we're in control, um, but we can't be controlling. And that nitpicking, that's really what that is. That's trying to be controlling. Um, I love... Uh, in Luke chapter 7, the, the message paraphrase of scripture uh, has a great way of, of speaking this. Uh, take a listen to this. Don't pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people. You'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life. You'll find life given back. But not merely given back. Given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. Isn't that true? That's such a good passage. I think, I think we should tattoo that somewhere. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be a long tattoo, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's kind of a long <laughs> one. It'd have to be your sleeve, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, someone be looking at you. What, what is that? I'm still reading your tattoo. The, uh, but, but I think part of that, too, is if you choose to ignore some things, you get to the point where there's safety in the marriage and you can ask the question is, mm. hey, if there's anything, uh, is there something I could be doing that I'm not doing that would make your life better? And if someone's, if you're battling all the time, no one will ever ask that question. No one ever should ask that question. That's, that's probably dumb if they're, if they're on you all the time. But when there's a sense of, hey, uh, what would be helpful to you and then that is a great place uh, where you can uh, start to grow mm -hmm. uh, in your relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't it great that that's how God deals with us too? What if he chose every single thing we were doing wrong and wanted to hit us with it all at once? That would be no fun. So see, if God does that to us, we can do it to each other, don't you think? Yeah, and, and it's so funny because people will come to me all the time and they'll go, 
uh, hey, I'm doing this and this and this, and so obviously I can't, you know, re really be a Christian. And uh, your behavior is not going to get you into heaven or keep you out of heaven, but it's what you do with Jesus will will really determine that. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, it's the decision to be loved by him and respond in love. And I think there, the parallel to the marriage relationship is incredible there. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a, a, a pretty great theologian, and one of the things that... Uh, uh, the quotes that's attributed to him is says it's not love that builds your marriage it's uh, marriage that builds your love and then uh, next uh, number six apply the principle of the last 10 percent and uh, I've said this before in terms of communication you got to say you know say what you mean say the last 10 percent but what I'm talking about is going uh, being in the relationship for the long haul, it says in Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good for mm -hmm. at the proper time we will reap a harvest, but notice it's conditional, if we don't give up. And I think a lot of times we give up too soon uh, in a relationship. And so uh, for, for you, it could be doing something that uh, you used to do and you're not doing anymore or starting... Uh, something new. Uh, maybe it was like uh, we talked about uh, date nights, how that's changed and so forth. For yeah, us. you know, since I've uh, been and I don't work together every day uh, and we don't have the day same days off, it's been a little bit tricky those last couple months to, to really have time to connect. So one of the things we've decided to do is he comes out and um, has lunch with me on Mondays at work. So that's his day, day off. And um, then we've just been much more intentional about doing Friday night date night. We started that a long, long time ago and did it every single week. And, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows, but now we do it every week again. And that's been a great time just to connect and, and uh, make sure we're, we're being attentive to each other. Yeah, we're spending a lot more time together. Uh, primarily, she just can't get enough of me is really a lot of it. Pretty much it. And, uh, <laughs> actually, I think it. she can. And, uh, but, but then, or maybe it's going to counseling. Here's the thing about counseling. I just truth in advertising, uh, uh, I'm a proponent of it, we've been that, but not every marriage counselor is a good counselor. In fact, there's a, a pretty significant percentage, not a majority, of marriage counselors who probably really won't help your relationship and a small percentage who will do harm. Mm. So just because you got a bad one or an ineffectual counselor, it doesn't mean that you don't try uh, someone else again, or uh, the whole growth group thing. You, you know, out of a growth group, our lifelong friends are people who have been in, we've been in growth group together. And yeah. so um, it's just, you know, one of those steps. And then our new things uh, you could try, it could be, uh, we talked about praying together, mm -hmm. about uh, like the re-engage marriage ministry. A ton of you already signed up for that. Uh, by the way, and the first one is a try before you buy. You get to go the first week, and then it's like a trial. If you don't like it, you can disappear. <laughs> so just whatever it is, uh, do the last 10%. Do that thing that's a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, I think date night, uh, we used to talk about, well, who, we got in arguments over who planned it, right? <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> and then finally, it was, if you want one, plan it. And so that's just taking responsibility uh, for it. Yeah.
Yeah. All right. And we've saved the, the best and most important one for last. And that's number seven. Make God big in your marriage. Uh, one of the, my favorite passages of scripture is from Hebrews. And it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And I love that word, fixing. There's such an intention and such a, an action and energy behind that word that really, uh, that's the key to this whole thing. Because when I'm doing well with Jesus... I'm doing well with Ben. When I'm more in love with Jesus, I'm more in love with my husband. It's the crazy thing how that works, but it is absolutely the truth. My relationship with Christ, when I really make that a priority, every other part of my life just works better. And it may be the only, you may be uh, married to someone who's not a Christ follower, and the only thing you can control is your own walk uh, with Jesus. And, uh, and I would say that if that's the case too, uh, don't use that as an excuse not to grow. Because uh, we've seen that. As, here's what we see here especially. is, And it's not always, but sometimes it has been like the, the wife will say, oh yeah, my husband won't come to church. He'll start coming here. The husband will commit his life to Christ and be all gung-ho. And she'll like, okay, let's not become religious fanatics. Uh, because honestly, it was, it was really not a, it was more an excuse than a reality. And so... Uh, we own our own response to Jesus. But then, when we respond together, it's powerful. Yeah, I mean, we have, we have made decisions to relationally engage. Like we've done, uh, we've done a growth group with people who are sort of doubters and skeptics. And we mm -hmm. took away time. And, and when we worked on that growth group together, that was so powerful. Uh -huh. Or invested uh, financially, and we're not we're not in a giving campaign or going into one, so you're good. But it was uh, we uh, we've always been tithers and all of that. But when we've expanded as a church, we've uh, done over and above giving, and that was a big spiritual decision for us because it's not like we had like these buckets of money around our house saying, <laughs> "What would we do?" We have thousands of dollars. I have no idea what to do with. You know, I dream for that someday, <laughs> but. It was the idea to not do this one thing so we could do the thing that we felt God was calling us to, yeah. to invest uh, financially. And that, mm -hmm. because there was an impact on us and we made that decision yep. together, uh, it actually was, it, it drew us closer. And very unifying. Uh, together. And then yeah. like even, you know, we've never had a lot of money arguments, but there's no money arguments because we just decided that's mm -hmm. going to be be first and Our so priority. to grow together one of my greatest examples we have is in, in our own church a uh, couple uh they i asked them uh, last week i said how long have you been married and they said 65 years uh and uh, i love this particular couple because uh, for many reasons they hold hands when they worship together uh they're they're in here they they love god they're getting uh, a little bit older and uh, I, they were baptized together. And I, I said, you know, they were baptized pretty late in life. And they said, we just want to do whatever Jesus calls us to do. And so they were baptized together. And I thought, you know, that is, that is powerful, saying we're going to grow in our faith and in our love for God for the rest of our life. I mean, you know, well long in a marriage and life. And we're going to do it together. And so what we want to do is we want to pray for you. We want to pray for us uh, that that would just be a reality for all of us as we, as we go forward. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. 
God, I am so grateful that you are mindful of us, that you care about us, that God, you know the story of every person in this room. And Father, I just um, especially think of the, the couples that are represented here today. And Father, I ask just your hand of blessing over each and every one of them. God, that um, some of us are doing great and we're in a season of great blessing and we're so grateful for that. And Lord, some of us are in seasons of struggle, Lord, where uh, things maybe even feel hopeless and there's hurt and unforgiveness. And uh, God, I just, I just ask that you'd be in the middle of that, that God, you, uh, the miracle maker, would work in the midst of those hard circumstances that you would bring light and love and hope and your truth and your forgiveness and your restoration, God. We know that's the business you're still in. And uh, Father, I just uh, ask that you would work in the midst of those, those families. God, I just pray for those of us as we were uh, really discussing scripture and we were trying to respond to you that we heard a word uh, today that was really a word of maybe correction or redirection for us. And God, that we would not just feel differently, but that we would live differently. Uh, God, because of that, that we would respond to you, Jesus. I pray for couples who have not been responding to each other with that love and honoring and cherishing each other. And God, that you would help each and every one of my friends to do that. God, I pray for my friends who have, have gone through a, a bad uh, breakup or divorce. And God, that you would help them to know that that does not need to be the ultimate outcome for relationship. But God, that you love them and have a plan for them. Lord, we uh, pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.